0: Good morning, Grace Point. It is so good to see you. This morning, we are going to wrap up our meaning-making series, which is a series we created in response to the COVID-19 pandemic and in response to the questions our community was asking during this pandemic. And so we began by talking about where is God during a pandemic. We talked about praying during a pandemic. We talked about finding identity during a pandemic. Last week, we talked about learning to lament, to name the pain and the grief and the loss and to actually experience the grieving process. This past Tuesday night uh, with Dr. Robin Henderson Espinoza, we talked about experiencing community during a time like COVID-19. And today I wanna wrap up by talking about the what now, returning to life on the other side of a global pandemic. And I know that's kind of hard to think about because in some ways it seems like that we'll never be back to normal, I don't even know if we want to go back to normal because normal had a lot of problems, but will we ever be able to do things again? Will we ever be able to be back in the seats to the Titans game, uh, the stands at a Titans game, a Preds game? Will we be back in our favorite music venue listening to our favorite artists again? Had Matchbox 20 tickets for August and they just, just postponed the tour till next year. So super bummed about missing that show in August. Will there ever be a time? Yes, there will. It may not seem like it, but there will. There'll be a time when we can go out back into the world mask free. Um, with just the normal worries, right, of all the other things that are going around depending on the time of year. But with that, with that, in, in many states and, and cities are beginning to sort of relax some of the, the, the guidelines. They're beginning to open things back up. You can get a haircut. Maybe soon you'll go to the movies. You'll have those opportunities. But with those also brings anxiety and worry. How can we know it's safe? Even to go out with a mask on, how can we know it's safe? And there's a certain amount of that we can't. There there is no certainty in life. Um, What we can do, and, and listen, don't let people Jesus juke you. People will try to say, well, if you just have faith in God, if you just believe enough, God will protect you. You'll be in your little like Jesus bubble. That's just not how it works. That's not how anything works. And so the best we can do is to follow guidelines. It's to take care of ourselves, and our loved ones and our neighbor in the best way we possibly can, which is following guidelines and practicing physical distancing and doing those things. And as we do, as we've seen, as we begin to do that and take it seriously as states begin to shut down, as churches halted in-person gatherings, as those things happen, the cases are now on the decline and that's exciting and that's good. We've still got a ways to go. So that anxiety is normal. That worry is normal. And it's a, a part of this process. And so we do the best we can. We follow the guidelines. We do the best we can. I want to think a little bit more about that today, though. And, And there's a phrase that has been used. I used it. I've used it. A lot of people have used it in speaking about this particular situation. And that is that we are all in the same boat. I mean, how many of you heard that? We're all in the same boat. And this is there is a little bit of truth to that, right? Because this has affected everybody. The entire planet has experienced this pandemic. It has not been a respecter of persons. Rich and poor alike have been impacted by this pandemic. Um, And so there's a reality that we all have been touched by this in some way. I I bet most of us now know at least somebody who has been tested or tested positive for COVID-19. It's in fact, it's in this infection, this virus has impacted the entire globe. Um, and it's, it's done it in different ways though. We all haven't been impacted in the same way. So for some of us, the main impact has been inconvenience, inconvenience, that now we're having to work from home and our, our kids are out. Everything's crazy. Inconvenience that when I, whenever you you can't go out and sit down and eat in a restaurant, right? You have to get it to go inconvenience that you wear a mask when you go out or that you have to set social, the physical distancing is, is an inconvenience. There've been some of us who have experienced inconveniences. We've had our graduations canceled. We've had meetings postponed. We've had conferences that have canceled. Uh, we've had concerts that have been canceled. Right. And those things matter. Of course, those rites of passage, like graduation, those matter and they are to be grieved and they are to be mourned. Absolutely. But then there are others who have been affected even more so they've actually been sick or a loved one has been sick. A friend has been sick. They've gotten COVID-19 and they tested positive and they've had a real physical, um, uh, response to this. They've been deeply affected at a cellular level. Then there are the essential workers who have been affected in ways that that I haven't been affected as they go out into the world and serve and uh, give of themselves and pour themselves out and put themselves at risk so that people who are also at risk can be cared for, doctors, nurses, people who are doing food deliveries, people who are opening uh, groceries, who are doing grocery delivery. Like All of those folks have been affected in a way that I haven't been affected. And then there are people who've been affected um, economically by this in pretty terrible ways. Uh, This last week, I actually had a conversation with two different friends uh, who they earned their living by either going out and playing concerts or going out and holding, getting groups of people together and talking about ideas. And both of those people have lost all of their gigs for 2020. Nothing is on the calendar now until next year. And sort of, uh, as the year began, everything was fine. And then all of a sudden, when this pandemic became uh, unignorable, uh, the bottom fell out. And now they're sorting out like, how do I be, How do I make money? How do I pay my bills? How do I buy groceries? So this has had a, an economic effect on so many people. And so the reality is we aren't all in the same boat because we've all been affected, yes, but we've all been affected differently. So maybe a way that I've learned and been trying to think about this is not that we're all in the same boat, but I think we're all in the same storm. This pandemic is a storm and it is affecting everybody. It is a global hurricane. It is a global storm and no country and nobody has been left unaffected by the presence of COVID-19. We're all in the same storm, but we're not all in the same boat. And so the thing that I've been thinking of is we begin to think about going out back into life in some way, beginning to reopen things, returning to some sense of whatever normal might, the new normal might be on the other side of this. The question I've been asking myself, if we're not all in the same boat, that means we're all moving on the water in a storm together and that there's, we all have a wake behind us. And essentially awake is when a boat is moving through the water, it displaces water and the water comes back around and recirculates behind the boat. And that can be really hard if you get stuck trying to swim or stuck trying to um, uh, move around behind a boat because that water comes in quick and it is very, very difficult to, to be able to maintain. And so the question I've been asking is who is in our wake? Who is in my wake? As I begin to move back into life, I'm going to leave by, by my choices what I choose to do. Do I choose to wear a mask? Do I choose to physical distance? Do I choose to still follow guidelines? My decisions will not only impact me and the people in my boat, but actually as my boat moves through the water, it is going to affect people who are trying to also make it behind us. Another, if if the boating metaphor doesn't work, uh, I wanna show you a video. Um, This is from February, 2015. We had essentially a a monster snowstorm, a blizzard. There were like 15, 18 inches of snow. And we had gotten together with some friends to go um, sledding. And one of my buddies looks at me and says, hey, uh, you know that big tube we take on the lake that gets pulled behind the boat? What if we hooked it up to the back of my truck and we'll pull you down the road on the, on the the tube thing. And I was like, yes, immediately. Didn't think about it. Had no questions. Tie the, tie the tube to the back of your car or truck. And then just pull me down the streets. Of Morgantown, and so we did. And what you're gonna, what you see in this video is the moment I began to realize this was a terrible, terrible, terrible idea. And the reason it was terrible is because as the, as the truck moved through the snow, it was pushing snow out of the way, but all of that snow was flying back. I was in the wake of the truck and all the snow was flying back and hitting me in the face. And I could not catch my breath. I, I just couldn't. And I started to almost panic because I, I couldn't like let them know because I, was, I had my hands up trying to keep the snow out of my face. I had no, they couldn't hear me. I had no way of communicating. I'm about to drown on this too, because I can't get air because the snow is coming at me so fast and so much. And I really, for a moment there, I thought, this is, is this how I'm going to go out? Being dragged behind a truck on a tube, drowning by snow? Is that really what's going to happen to me? And I, as I thought about sort of going back out into the world in some way, shape, or form, I thought, man, it's really sort of like that. What I choose to do will affect other people. Whoever, whoever's downstream, whoever's behind us, are going to experience, their experience is going to be shaped by what we decide. And so, yeah, it, it may be inconvenient to wear a mask. It may be inconvenient to physically distant, be physically distant. It may be inconvenient to not just jump right back into everything, but we're not really doing this just for us, right? We're doing it for all of us, for our neighbors, for our friends, for people we don't even know because it's part of our core values. It's part of who we are um, as people. People, especially as we think about the Jesus story, and there's actually a time in the New Testament where Jesus is asked, "What is the greatest commandment?" And Jesus responded like this in Mark 12: The first, the greatest commandment, is, "Hear, O Israel: The Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, with all your strength." That's a quote from Deuteronomy. It's a, a, a reading known as the Shema, which is the Hebrew word for "hear," and it's essentially it's essentially a, a um, early Israelite monotheistic um, sort of commitment. So Jesus said the greatest command is to love God with your whole being. And then he follows it up. The second is this you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. So Jesus is asked, what's the greatest commandment? But he can't really, he doesn't want to boil it down to just love God. He actually says, love your neighbor as yourself, which is a whole other discussion, right? Love your neighbor as yourself. Many of us grew up in a Christian tradition that taught us to almost hate ourselves, to to see ourselves as depraved, fallen, terrible beings, unworthy of love, right? And Jesus doesn't seem to start there. Jesus seems to start with, if we are the beloved, and we recognize ourselves as children of God, deeply beloved, then our response is to live out of that belovedness and to see everyone around us as beloved also. Jesus says, it's not just enough to love God. It's also about loving your neighbor. And it's not just about loving your neighbor. It's about loving yourself. Now, later... um, in, in the Christian movement, Jesus, one of Jesus' early followers named Paul, in his book, his letter to a church in uh, Galatia, here's what he says toward the end of that book in Galatians five: You were called to freedom, brothers and sisters. Only don't let this freedom be an opportunity to indulge your selfish impulses, but serve each other through love. All the law has been fulfilled in a single statement: Love your neighbor as yourself. Think about that. He says. All of the law has been summed up in this. And he doesn't even mention loving God. He says, everything is summed up in this. Love your neighbor as yourself. And it's this realization that it is impossible to ultimately love God when we do not love those who bear God's image. And I love how he begins. You're called to freedom but don't let freedom be an opportunity to be so self-indulgent that you do so at the cost of everyone else. I think what he's getting at in that statement is who is in our wake? Who is downstream? How are our, our decisions going to impact people? Not just us, not just the people in our house, not just the people we love, not just the people in our community. How are our broader decisions going to impact the larger community? How are they gonna impact the world? There are so many unknowns ahead of us and we ultimately just aren't in control, which is which is scary and it, it, it's often I mean, Sometimes if we can control something, if we're in charge, if we can just make it work, we can figure it out, we can do it. And this is not one of those things. So what do we do? We can't control the virus. We can't control what other people around us are doing. Um, there are, there are some churches that I know in Kentucky that are beginning to open up, and it's just a terrible, terrible decision, I think, to get hundreds and hundreds and hundreds or thousands of people together in the same room right now. But we can't control those decisions. There's only one thing we get to control in this storm. We get to control our response. Right? And so when I go in the grocery store and I see people aren't physically dis- physical distancing and they aren't wearing masks and they just seem to not care... Yeah, that's frustrating and I can't control it. I can't control it. But I can control what I do. I can follow the guidelines so that I protect my family, so that I protect my friends, so that I protect my neighbors, so that I protect my community, so that I protect my neighbors that I don't even know, right? We can make the choice. We get to decide what we do. What if part of that decision was, you know, it's, it's not about my freedom at this point. It's about our freedom, our freedom to be healthy, our freedom to live, our freedom to have life to the full. So I want to make my decisions, not just on what is convenient for me. I want to make my decisions based on what is good for the world. Can you imagine if we all begin to think this way? If all of us together decided, you know what we're going to do? We are going to do better. We are going to not go back to normal when this is over but we want the world to be a more just and generous place and that begins with our decisions right now so we're going to do some things that we don't want to do we're going to do some things that are inconvenient we're going to do some things that some people think are just silly and goofy and we shouldn't even we're going to do those things because that's what the experts say will help the most people and we want to help the most people what if we all decided to move beyond that sort of my freedom self-centeredness what if we all decided to move away from that and toward something else? What if we moved from me to we? What if we stopped just thinking about what's good for us and what's the, what's the common good for all of us? What if we began to work together for the common good? What if I begin to realize that, that it's not only about how I sort of rise back from this, it's about how our society does, how our community does. And that this is a thing we do together, that, that I don't make my decisions in a vacuum or in isolation, but I do so thinking about the common good. And if I do that and you do that and everybody else around us begins to do that, the world would be a drastically different place. What if when we think about returning to life during a pandemic, we think about returning with a deeper sense that we are part of something larger than just ourselves. And that if we are going to have this sort of rising experience coming back out of this lockdown, that it's not about mine and only mine or mine and my family. It's about all of us doing our part, not only to combat this pandemic, but doing our part to share the love that is within us with the world. It's doing our part to take seriously Jesus' invitation, Paul's invitation to sum up the entirety of everything we're responsible for as this, love your neighbor as yourself. I have some friends who are in a band. Uh, Their names are Jamal and Moksha, and the band is called Who Dost. Who, it's a combination of two words. Who means unifying breath or sound, and Dost means friend. So the the band is essentially, the name is Friend of the Unifying Breath or Sound. They actually just won an award for best social action song by the Independent Music Association for a song that they co-wrote with Dan Hazeltine, who was with us last week. The song is called rise together um and i asked them if they would uh share that with us this week because i, I think that if we want to encompass like this song encompasses the point. point it's not about just me rising not just about just you rising it's about what we do together so i'm so grateful to jamal and moksha for sharing this with us and i hope you enjoy it as much as i have good morning grace point
1: good morning we're so happy to be with all of you josh carla and family we miss you but, and we a hope. Lot. We, it's true, a lot. And we hope to be with you in person before too long. All of you. All of you. We're going to do a song called Rise Together. I had a dream. I shed the last tear in the world. looking at me I had the thought Everybody moves to the same light And we will find our way No, nothing's meaningless The dream is my own evenness And every step will push us to the plains. Set foot in the river
0: Float out
1: to the ocean the bottom And we will all rise Step off of the mountain Fall down to the valley
0: Very
1: almighty All rise together How could we know Our hands would become Weapons of war And what about peace I saw the rain And the colors that bled from the clouds From the sun in the daylight Nothing was left out of no one was feeling alone We find our recklessness The dream is our own evidence And every step will push us to the place Fall down to the bottom, and we will all rise. Step off of the mountain, fall down to the valley, very almighty. All rise together, we'll all rise together, we'll all rise. Flood out to the ocean Fall down to the bottom And we will all rise Step off of the mountain Fall down to the valley
0: Bury your body
1: All rise together We'll all rise together We'll all rise together
0: Once again, thank you so much for being here with us again this week, Grace Point. Uh, today, we have wrapped up our meaning making series, which means next week we are going to jump back into the, the re series, Reimagine, Reframe, Reclaim the Language of Faith. Uh, the series where we've been essentially looking at some of the key words in the Christian tradition and asking, do they still matter? Do they, can we carry them with us? Do they still have weight and significance? Or do they need to be left behind? Um, And so we're trying to reimagine, reframe, and reclaim them. So next week, we're going to jump in. It's Pentecost Sunday. uh, And so next week, we're going to talk about church. We're going to talk about, uh, because Pentecost is kind of known as the birthday of the church. So on that day, what does it mean to be a church? What is our work in the world? What is our mission in the world? And um, how do we do that really well? So I hope you make plans to be with us next week. Don't forget all, all the opportunities for connection we have coming up this week. And I hope you have a, a wonderful week ahead of you, Grace Point. We love you, Grace, in peace.